Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, friends, we're at that point of our season, aren't we, where we start really engaging in our holiday traditions, whatever that is for you. I know for me, I love drinking eggnog. I like eating uh, gingerbread cookies. I, uh, I don't actually like Christmas music all that much. I have a few that I'll spin here and there on uh, our record player, but I've had my fill of Bing Crosby. I'm done with that, I think. Um, and we have all our favorite movies, too, and we still have a few that we haven't watched. Um, Christmas Vacation, that's a classic. And uh, Jingle All the Way. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that is grade A Christmas movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger from, like, circa 1996. Uh, you can't miss that one. Turbo Man. Yeah, amongst all these things, one of my other favorite holiday traditions is scouring the internet for poorly written Christian articles, uh, low-hanging fruit that I could uh, skewer in my sermon. No, I'm only kidding. That's, that's actually a tradition for every season. No, but in, in, in the guise of uh, maybe Frank Costanza and Festivus, which was yesterday, I would like to air my grievances uh, against this article that uh, actually a friend of mine wrote. Um, I won't say who this person is from another diocese, but... The, the article was uh, written in hopes of getting people to give more, give more money for Christmas. And so the article's headline was, Making Room for God to Be With Us by Giving. Now, that's not very Calvary St. George's, is it? Uh, so, of course, again, that's low-hanging fruit for me, but I think it's a common uh, misconception that we have to make room for God to do his work. You ever hear that? Prepare room in your heart for Jesus. Prepare room in your heart for the Lord. I hear that uh, a little too often. And two of our readings today really um, are a good, not just counterbalance, but I mean, they, they slap that reading in the face and they say, look, actually God doesn't need us to prepare a room. And so our Old Testament lesson from Samuel and also our gospel passage from Luke. So what's going on in Samuel? You have David, um, and it's a very noble thing. He wants to build a house for God. He's like, look, I have this wonderful house made of cedar, and yet God's ark uh, goes in the tent He has no place to be. And he says, God, I'm going to build you this house. You need it. And God's like, that's cute, David. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. He says, but have I ever turned to you and said, why have you not built me a house of cedar? He's being ironic. Of course, God doesn't need David to build him a house. Uh, That's that's sort of the inside joke there is uh, God doesn't need anything from us, not even from King David, who was great in so many ways. And again, there's a noble, a noble concern. But, you know, we carry this with us into Advent, into our Christian lives. We want to prepare a way for God. We want, and we say that. Some of our liturgy says that. Make uh, straight the paths for the Lord. Prepare a way for your God. And all of that has some truth to it, but we take it too far. And we have this wound up Advent Christmas holiday culture, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but um, throwing a party just makes me so nervous. Uh, and that's why we don't do it very often. I'm pretty terrible at it. Uh, But cooking and cleaning and having folks over, it's stressful. And all of you probably have your wheels turning if you have folks coming over today. Of all the things you still have left to do. And so we carry this sort of sentiment into our lives that we've always got to be ready for whoever it is that's coming. We've got to be turning our wheels. We've got to be busy. Got to clean. Got to cook. Got to prepare a way for whoever it is. And so we carry that also into our relationship with God. You know, we've got to be ready for God. He's not going to come if we're not ready. Well, God uh, shows this uh, to David. He says, look, I don't need you to build me a house. In fact, I'm preparing a house for you. I'm establishing your house forever. And so you see a difference between our kind of contract mindset, 
where we've got to do something for God, tit for tat, quid pro quo, and he'll do something for us. God says, no, I'm the covenant God. I do the whole thing. Your, your part's not even necessary. So that's what's going on in Samuel. And all these promises in the Old Testament are going to be fulfilled in Jesus. And I'm not preaching a Christmas sermon per se, but I kind of am. Um, but also in Luke, we see the similar thing going on. Not so much that Mary wanted to prepare a way, but she wasn't prepared at all. She didn't even have a husband. Uh, she was betrothed, but that time had not yet come for them to be married. And yet the angel Gabriel comes upon her and says, look, you're going to bear this child who's going to be the son of God. It's not like she was taking her prenatal vitamins. It's not like she was getting eight hours of sleep every night. It's not like she had the perfect place prepared. God said, you're the one, despite your unpreparedness. And that is adequate. So the cedar house of David, that's a great concept. And this wonderful, perfect woman that Mary may have been, could have been, but probably wasn't. It sounds good. Uh, but God actually is not interested in that. I recall Paul's words in 1 Corinthians that the wise things of the world are foolish to God. And the foolish things God raises up and makes them wise. It's the upside down nature of the gospel that Nancy Hannah talks about. It's the opposite of what we would have thought. And instead of God saying, you better be ready. And you know, throughout Advent, we think this way. We think like, oh, we've got to be ready. And I love that our sermons this, this season have not been about that. It's been, we're never going to be ready, and yet God has made us ready. He's made us ready by his work on the cross and in his resurrection. And most chiefly, in his word of promise that comes throughout all scripture. The promise creates faith. It's not the law that says, you better be ready. You better have it together. Your turkey better be perfect. 160 degrees or whatever turkey's supposed to be. Mine's always dry. Like Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation. Do you remember when he cuts the turkey and it crackles open? Save the neck for me, Clark. That was supposed to be funny. You guys don't like that movie? That's my favorite. Uh, I say that every Christmas. Save the neck for me, Clark. But the point is we're not ready and our turkey is always dry. Our pudding's always falling apart. Our cookies are crumbling. Uh, we don't have it together for our guests and most certainly not for God. We don't make room for God, friends. We don't prepare a way for God until he's ready to come. As if it were, he came in and said, oh, it looks spick and span. Now I can come in. No, he breaks in. God's not a gentleman. I hate to say it. Um, he's got our best in mind, but he is not knocking and wait, waiting for us to answer the door as if we were ready. And so between Samuel and this Old Testament promise of God making a house for David and establishing his line forever... And then we're seeing it fulfilled when he makes the promise through the angel Gabriel to Mary. He says, I am going to bring forth a son. His name is going to be Jesus. You will call him Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? It's not like Bill or Ted or George or Sue. Do you remember that Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue? Uh, names mean a lot. Don't name your boy Sue. But Jesus has a meaning. It's not a name like that. Uh, Jesus means that God will save us. It's two words that God, the Lord, his, his proper name, I won't say it, but his name and also the fact that he saves. God saves us. That's Jesus' name. Emmanuel, God with us. Whether we're ready or not, whether we're prepared or not, God is with us. And he breaks in and he shines light in our darkness. God prepares a way. So we don't make room for God, but he has a room prepared for us. He's prepared the feast for us. We're under this guise, the semblance that maybe we've prepared the meal for God, that we've got everything in order. He comes in, he says, actually, I'm taking you to Chinese for Christmas, and the bill is on me. I'm footing the bill. So don't worry about your dried turkey. 
And this, my friends, is the opposite of this frantic advent, this frantic life that we live, where we're constantly turning and wondering if we're adequate, if we've got it figured out, if our friends will like us, if our family will say this is the best Christmas party ever, if our boss says this was a great year, I'm giving you a raise. The promise that God has done it for us actually creates the faith and actually produces the fruit and the righteousness that we wanted in the first place, as opposed to that word that says you better be ready. God says, I'm already ready. Are you coming to Chinese or not? That's the word of good news today, friends. We're not ready. We're never going to be ready, and yet God is ready for us. He has made a way where there was no way. And so I want to do, I do want to quote one Christmas song that I love, and this is a little bit off the beaten path, but if you've heard of the band Me Without You, they're not a Christmas album kind of band, but they do have one song that talks a lot about the incarnation. And there's different scenes in this, this song where it's different animals. It's not biblical in the sense that the, the lamb wasn't saying anything, the, the camels weren't saying anything, the donkeys. But uh, in the song, each, each character in the, in the manger has a, sort of a word. And the last word is by the donkey, uh, believe it or not. And he says, no clever talk or gift to bring requires our lovely, lowly king. Come here empty-handed. You don't need anything. Friends, that's the good news of Advent. Yes, we're waiting for the Lord. Yes, we want to prepare the best we can, but as it turns out, the best that we can do is not good enough. God chooses the lowly, and he makes a way. So even though we come with no clever talk or a gift to bring, we don't need anything, because he's provided it all in his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why this word to Mary is good news, that Jesus, God saves, has come in our midst. And for that, we are thankful. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.